Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new Story Archive series covering Lupin Part 3 on Netflix. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside the other host, Zachary Newton. Welcome back. We're back. We started recording this series on Lupin about uh, maybe two years ago, actually, uh, maybe longer. Yeah. And uh, we covered Part 1 and Part 2 back when we were recording out of tin cans with a string in between them. <laughs> and um, now we've upgraded, as you can see, if you're watching this visually, and we've invested a bit into the podcast setup through repetition. We've gotten better at entertaining. And part three, it's a palate cleanser of a show. It's uh, you know, this show is about a gentleman burglar named Arsan Lupin, or actually, it's based on his adventures. And the actual main character is played by Omar Sy, and his name is Hassan Diop. Uh, and he has an interesting story. So if you haven't watched part one and part two, catch up and join us on this one. This is a lighthearted show. It's more up, up the alley of a, if you like James Bond and that sort of thing, a guy who has his own uh, code of honor. He's kind of like Robin Hood in a way. Yeah. He steals, but he's not like a scumbag. And so uh, we enjoy those shows over here on Story Archives. And we're going to be covering Lupin part three, week to week, dropping deep dives, deep dive slash instant reactions on Fridays more than likely, but this week's a little later. On the housekeeping side of things, we are back up on all platforms. We're back up on YouTube. We're back up on everywhere that we were taken down from. Uh, we are clear for now, and we are <laughs> planning to continue to expand and you know spread our wings a little bit, uh, make ourselves a little bit more resilient to the powers of big tech. And so uh, we're dropping a newsletter tomorrow expounding some of the things that are launching we're launching on the channel tomorrow if you want to keep up to date with us and support the show uh speaking of supporting the show we want to thank who do we want to thank zach we want to thank a couple of people we want to thank uh douglas for donating and supporting the show and then we also want to thank uh matthew for being one of the more consistent supporters of the show and, and hopping on to uh, a monthly donation. So we, we really appreciate it. You know, anything that you do send in does help. It all goes to producing the show. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you guys. And for those who, of you out there who don't know, you have an option to support the show. Obviously, we really never ask um, formally or anything like that. But if you like the episodes we produce, uh, we try to keep up to like a two to three episode cadence story archive so you know what you're getting. Uh, but we're strictly just putting out entertaining uh, podcast content on the on the film and TV side as of now. We also have a, a soapbox business show if you're interested in that topic that's maybe not for everybody. And um, I have some plans for that uh, on Instagram and on other platforms coming soon with potentially some live streams. So uh, we're working on some different things uh, on all platforms, but we appreciate it. But you do have an option to support the show. It doesn't have to be as high as 10 bucks a month. Uh, as some of you are supporting us uh, with, you can go as low as 99 cents a month if you want. Uh, there's options for you to do so, but also stay tuned for tomorrow, uh, Sunday, October 8th. We are dropping a surprise episode that we've been working hard on. We think you'll like it a lot. And um, we're dropping some news on where you can further support us and keep up to all of the news and updates from the Soapbox Network. And if you want to support monetarily so please but let's get into this episode zach anything you want to add here let's do it no i think you covered the the house cleaning quite a bit i am happy that we are back into lupin though i mean we we've had a 
Man, we've had one hell of a run of some dark shows recently, so it's nice to yeah. have something a little, a little more uplifting, a little more fun uh, this to year's watch. Been dark, man. It has this been, year's been dark, dark, man. It's been, it's been Foundation, it's been Silo, it's been Last of Us. It's crazy. I mean, Last of Us is on a different level of dark. White Lotus is dark as that hell. That was dark uh, too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I watched Alice in Borderland, also dark. I mean, <laughs> we need some joy, and Lupin, uh, it does provide it. Now, the proper pronunciation of Lupin is Lupin. But I find that to say Lupin, the entire series is going to be a little bit. Um, I feel a little. I feel a little snobby when I'm trying to say it that way, right? Like, yeah, that's... I feel like just for an American, feels like that's not how we would pronounce the way it reads. Yeah, so it's, like, it's Lupin. Uh, <laughs> I'm just reading it, so yeah, could feel a little bit like we're going over the top. Like when I say the band, like Bon Iver, should be like Bon Iver, but it's Bon Iver. Yeah, Bon Iver, and I constantly get ridiculed for calling it the way it's supposed to be read. But I call it Bon Iver too. And, you know, I I, you I just, it's hard to, to say Lupin, but I always try and catch myself. But I don't know. We'll, we'll I, see what happens yeah, during the episode. You'll, you'll notice throughout the series, we'll bounce between Lupin and Lupin of, of our own self-consciousness. Yeah. All right. Let's roll. So, let's get into the beginning of this episode. Uh, really opens up with a 2017 flashback, right? Mm -hmm. To this theft of a national treasure called the Black Pearl, which supposedly ended the French-Tahitian War. Oh, man, and it's this very is, uh, valuable. This is not the pirate ship, though. Remember that. This is not... Yeah, you always have to bring in a Pirates of the Caribbean reference yeah. on, uh, on our shows, but <laughs> this is a literal tiny Black Pearl that is a national treasure of France for one of them. I did find it weird that it was being transported by one person. <laughs> Yes, <clears throat> yes, one person, you know, he's handcuffed to the box and, you know, he like, man, if I was carrying something of that much value, I feel like I wouldn't be that gullible when it comes to, you know, executing yeah, a plan getting, and just like, an yeah, caller. Yeah, just, I don't know who you are, but I'll, I'm totally going to go down to that subway, change the yeah. plans, man. Like unknown caller, I'm going to go down to the subway just because you told me to. The and by the way, he turns around to... He turns around to look at Hassan on the train, and there's a guy clearly standing next to him on a train that's empty, full of chairs. Yeah. You didn't notice the tall dude standing next to you? Uncomfortably with his hand close. hand on the railing? Like, unco exactly, uncomfortably close. But uh, the theft actually doesn't pull, uh, like, he doesn't pull it off. Hassan does not successfully pull off the theft of the Black Pearl. He gets apprehended by some cops up top, and... Lupin kind of like seamlessly weaves in together like past experiences that Hassan has into the show. And it, and they do it pretty masterfully in the first episode here. We saw that with several characters, an introduction to Bruno, a childhood friend of his from when he was a kid. As you know, if you've watched part one and part two, Hassan pretty much grew up by himself. His dad was framed for a crime he did not commit, and then he was killed in prison. His mother either unaware of the father's death or whatnot, we find out, felt that it was better for Hassan to grow up without him. And so, Hassan pretty much grew up for himself in the streets, fending for himself. And this season seems to be diving in a little bit more into his childhood and some of his mentors uh, that he had growing up. But um, I, this episode really does show us, because the Black Pearl, he wants to use it as his comeback, as, as a way to kind of have one last big job and to help Claire and Raul, his ex-wife and his son, essentially kind of alleviate them from that societal pressure, mm. right? Because he, he kind of gets hit with a couple of reality checks in this episode where 
he has this fantasy land of being able to live the way he does without hurting those who love him most. Yeah. And when he goes to visit Claire, he tells her, let's run away together. You know, we can buy a place and get out of here. And she's like, what do you, you think we're going to drop everything for you? You know, he gets hit with a reality check from her and from Benjamin, who's like his his Robin, so to speak. Yeah, Robin to his Batman. I mean, Lupin is is pretty selfish, honestly, in a lot of this. Like, I I feel like he he thinks he he has the best intentions for everybody, but if if you really like sat down and thought about it for a minute, like, no, that's that's not the wisest thing to do. You know, I and I agree with Claire. Like, I wouldn't want to just up and move to some island somewhere that nobody knows who we are just to live outside of the cameras like that that does not sound like a fun life to me he does seem very heisenberg-esque right where you know walter white is constantly deluding himself into saying thinking he's doing it for his family every every character who has these sort of um ambitions is always saying i'm doing it for my family i'm doing it for everyone else Mm -hmm. but me you know, yeah. I'm doing it for everyone but me. Delusional. It's not. Hassan <laughs> wants this life. He cannot give up this life. Like, who are we kidding? No. This is him. I think that's probably going to be a major theme of the season is that this is who he is. Whether Take it or leave it. Yeah. And I don't think Claire is the right uh, fit for him because she seems to want a stable, uh, you know, romantic situation here, you know? Yeah. Not so much. Uh, what she's getting from him. I agree. And I, I think that was, you know, part of the, the themes between, you know, part one and, and two that, that we covered like a couple of years ago. I mean, it has been a while since we've covered it. But I mean, I, I remember like there was just always this battle of like, you know, her wanting him to stop being Lupin, stop doing this thing. And he could never do it. And so I, I, I don't think this would even be his his last heist or, or big job or whatever. Like he, he's going to do this. There's always going to be another one. There's always going to be a, a bigger one that you've got to, you've got to do. And it's just, it's never going to end. It's that, that classic trope, right? In in the, all the heist movies of one last job and then I'm out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> one last job. But we always know that that one last job is never the last job. Either they lose something majorly valuable to them, like somebody dies or... It just never ends because, you know, it just, it just doesn't. There's, right? there's no real way out unless you die. Yeah. I mean, that, that's way out. But How many jo- pairs of Jordans does Asan have? He has like, he changes his Jordans like three times in this episode. Did you notice how like Jordan his now. outfits and, you know, clothing choices and shoes and all of that match the branding of, of Lupin, the show? He's got that the orange umbrella. and white, orange and black uh, colors going on. And it looks, it's just like what they use on, on the, the Lupin uh, like logo. They definitely pulled out all the stops on this show for sure. I mean, they've been in what production for about a year now? Mm. Uh, maybe longer? It's possible. I don't know how, how COVID yeah. messed them up. All I know is that there was like a really huge set piece with with the heist that occurs later in the episode. And I was like, oh, they, they pulled out all the stops for this. And I was thinking back to the previous season when he goes to the Pellegrini Gala and you see all the cop cars going up and down the the Paris streets. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder if they actually like had all these police cars going everywhere like this. Yeah. Which would be really cool. But uh, he's a he's a major star. Omar Sy is a major uh, French star and he's a great actor. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool to see him in this role. And he's like, typically, I feel like these types of characters aren't built like him, you know? He's not usually like a 6'5", like kind of uh, imposing figure. He's big. He's a big dude, Uh, which I find to be like a cool 
uh he's a he's a thief right he's not like a nimble thief he's kind of sometimes a little he, i wouldn't say clumsy uh, that was the word that was but coming to my mind though but though he's not athletic let's put it that way he, he's not beating people up that's not really going to be occurring maybe he can beat him up but he's not that type of of uh caper so to speak yeah yeah, I agree. I I can't see him being a very strong arm. Just, I mean, like, look, he'll defend himself, and we've clearly seen that in you know part one, part two. Um, I think specifically in, in at the end of part two. Um, but yeah, like that's just that's not his his personality. There's a couple of things going on, right? There's a couple of kind of emerging storylines. We have this new storyline of this newspaper or publication that. You have these two journalists that are fighting for headlines with each other. Now, I will say this. We are watching this show week to week. Netflix has dropped all episodes at once. But as a podcast, we are not going to be just dropping seven episodes at once. We will be doing this for as many weeks as there are episodes. And I think there are seven episodes. Seven, that's correct. So we will be, this will be about seven weeks. This will take us into November. Uh, so join us each week as we drop an instant reaction slash deep dive episode shame on you netflix shame on you yeah shame on you for uh, just disturbing our podcasting <laughs> um we don't the, the cool thing about the show is that we're not in on the plan most of the time mm-hmm. and we're we're kind of uncovering it and trying to predict it as the show is going on and so when we see Asan going to this jewelry store we do know he's trying to steal the black pearl we do know that but that's about all they tell us because as we see in this episode, he delivers a letter <clears throat> and I figured, you know, there are some things in this episode that are just comedic, right? Mm-hmm. But you figure he's the most recognizable face in France at this moment because they've been looking for him for over a year. Okay? So, he's been missing for a year. So, what disguise is truly going to work for this guy other than the brazenness to go as yourself right because it would just be too brazen to be there as the most famous looking guy you know most wanted person yeah absolutely (laughs) so i did notice michelle beaumont he did in season one he used all of his names were monikers of of um or anagrams for our san lupin like the actual name but michelle beaumont is not uh an anagram for that no it's it's not but it is but used it is. in the book yeah according to yusuf who is yusuf gadira who essentially becomes his sort of for using a bat continuing to use the batman references he's kind of like his gordon in a way yeah but he's not really fully on his side yet i i'm expecting him eventually to kind of be the reluctant ally to loop in the guy who kind of mm-hmm. is De Niro, I mean, uh, Pacino to De Niro and Heat, you know, like th- yeah. that sort of allied uh, comrade, but the one who's on the enforcement side of things. Because as we see, Asan doesn't really, he doesn't seem to steal from people who don't deserve to be st- stolen from. Now, the Black Pearl, we don't know enough history on it. Maybe he knows a bit of history that we don't know yet. So this does seem like just a statement robbery and he has gained support from the people of france who are rooting him on with this uh with this robbery he's gained a lot of support yeah uh, he probably loves it you know Hassan probably loves that i i mean i i if i were him i would like it this is this is just fun you just 
you know, raising chaos everywhere. Did you have suspicions immediately that the guy in the uh, BRI, I don't know what BRI stands for. I think it's BRI, It's right? BRI. I, I'm not quite sure what it is. I mean, maybe it's Can like you- RF, uh, like SWAT team or something like that, like something kind of similar. Yeah, if you can do a quick Google search on that. I, did you have immediate suspicions that that guy was working with Hassan? Um, not immediately, but once he was in the building, yes. And casing. Yeah, it felt so like, clearly like he was casing. Exactly. Like I knew he was. I knew he was casing it, looking around. Um, it was. It was. It was quite obvious. Uh, once he was in yeah. in the building to me, like when it was outside, I was just like, okay, this is this is the leader of of this little squad. So, <laughs> I found it. Um. Because you know Hassan is is making a big stink, and right part of the plan is that he needs to make this a public spectacle. So what does he do? He brings this letter, telling him, essentially, how at what time and what day he's going to rob the Black Pearl. You know. Yeah. Now, granted, I will say this: if somebody's going to rob it at that exact time, I want everybody in the room, like just everybody in that room where the Black Pearl is, because you're not stealing it. No matter who you are, you're not stealing this thing if everyone's in there. But um, he does pull it off. I mean, he does pull off the heist, albeit I, I did find it very convenient that just there was no questioning. Everybody just assumed because you saw the formation of which they stand around the Black Pearl mm-hmm. when, the, when the robbery takes place. You would think that protecting an asset like this, that it would be essentially like that it would be decided who's in those four you know yeah not that you could just slot in and decide that you're gonna be there yeah i would imagine however i mean if if uh you know his friend was kind of like the guy leading that that force i could i could see how he could sneak him in there like i i could buy it is it a little convenient of course it's convenient like i mean we're, we're starting to see all of this unfold but i mean i i can buy it i can buy it by the way, the BRI is essentially a research and intervention brigade. Uh, in French, I'm going to uh, totally butcher this, by the way. So it, it's mm-hmm. uh, Brigade de Recherche et d'Intervention. Well, you really butchered it. Yeah, okay. Well, whatever. That's why it's BRI. And you know, there's, like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a few different like types of units that I'm, I'm seeing a little bit on, like the GIGN and um there's like the bis which replaced the uisps bunch of acronyms uh to me i just hear like swat and like investigative units so like i feel like it's French kind SWAT. of a mix a mix between like a swat team and, and like a special like unit. a fbi sort of uh group something like that is what i'm picturing in my mind yeah i was happy to see flashback Hassan and benjamin back were you Yes, I was. And they don't look like they aged much. Is that just me? No, like, that's great. Yeah. I mean, we're coming we're coming from the world of Invasion, which on Apple TV, if you want to watch those episodes, we drop them Wednesdays or Thursdays. Uh, we do instant reactions for those every week. It's about an alien invasion. Check it out if you're interested. Those kids from that show aged about five years between seasons. Yeah. These kids are perfectly aged. Like they, You could tell they continue production immediately after part two yeah. into part three, which was great. I'm glad. Um. I don't know if any anything's coming with the Benjamin storyline, right? Because he's hanging out with Paul, this kid Paul, who is a family friend, and he's going to the south of France or something like that. 
But I think it was more to kind of split us on and to figure out a bit of his other storyline and introducing Bruno and um, and just his the storyline with his mother, which nothing really comes of that in episode one so far. Mm-hmm. But there, he's tying in some sort of theme here that Asan was an outlier. He kind of was an outcast at his school even, right? We know the Pellegrini's paid for his school almost out of guilt, right? The the wife uh, of of Pellegrini paid for his schooling. Yeah. Um, but he sees his son being bullied for the crimes of his father. And he doesn't seem to be, um, he seems to be standing up for himself, but that's got to be tough. You know, you got your, your dad is the most wanted man in France and you're here just expected to go to school with no issue. Yeah. I mean, if there was ever, ever a uh, reason to get out of school or, or just to be able to do some, some homework instead of schoolwork, this would be it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he, he's getting bullied left and right. I mean, the kids even make a comment like they're going to, I mean, it sounded like they were going to beat him up once they got outside, which we didn't really see anything about. Cause they were like, we're, we'll be waiting for you outside. Right. Like I didn't, I'm not making that up. No, you're not. Okay. Yeah. But they didn't, they, they didn't did not ever show what, yeah. what happened. It probably was just all talk. Yeah, probably. I will find, I do find it funny that Asan's able to sneak around, even though he is an imposing figure. He's got to be at least like six, six, four, you know? Yeah. And uh, easily, like, we're probably like the same measurables. Like, Asan is probably like 230, 6'3, 6'4, maybe even taller. Like, this dude cannot sneak around like this. I'm sorry. Like, the (laughs) basketball court is here, and the railing that Asan is on is maybe 20 feet up, 15 feet up. Mm -hmm. Like, your eye will naturally see a big figure just looking down (laughs) with a hood on. On a school track, yeah, you know, like somebody's gonna notice him, yeah, man. Exactly. You know, I was, I was kind of expecting, you know, when he saw how his son was being treated, I was expecting to get this scene where he's like in an alleyway and he beats up these kids, but beats up all the like it's kids. just it's it's not his character. Like that would be too much of a dark turn for him. But I do think that there's yeah. got to be some element of like him uh, helping his son defend himself and just you know like resolve the situation with the bullies. Like something does have to happen. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I would agree with that statement. There is um, a bit of a... So, the detectives are doing their best to kind of stay ahead of Hassan, right? But Hassan is not making it easy on them. He leaks... At least we can expect that either him or Benjamin leaked the letter to the news outlet. So, it becomes this national story. And so, people start filing outside of the jewelry store out for, for 10 p.m. to see if Hassan's actually able to pull off the heist mm-hmm. at 10 p.m. Now, if I'm in charge of this heist protection unit, nobody's coming into the building with helmets and masks on, right? Yeah. I have to see everybody's face entering through the door, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I can see it, but I, I can also understand, like, how some of that would, like, slip under the radar. I mean, like, you, you have a whole bunch of guys geared up uh, to defend, know. like, I, who knows what could be coming through the door. I think Detective Sophia here is is bound to be replaced because... Dude, come on. I'm going to break into this place at on this day at this time and then he actually does it and pulls it off. Yeah. You got to get fired. Somebody has to get fired for that. Well, the, so if she doesn't get fired yeah. this season, just horrible. Well, it's just she might not good. She, it's very possible that she might. I uh if I were anybody there, I would have been extremely suspicious of 
anybody that we left in the room around the time of, of 10 course. o'clock and didn't observe them very well. I also, I also find it surprising that he was able to turn around, grab the pearl, turn back Gra- around. And nobody saw him. Nobody saw and him. Walk out. Then he turns back around like, oh, what's happening? Like, just like every other yeah. guard. And nobody on all of the, like, there was 10 people looking at those cameras, by the way. Nobody saw him And there was two people around. looking straight in his direction. Like, that's, that's crazy. That is literally crazy. Well, everybody had their back towards the pearl. I will say it was a bit sloppy of a, of a heist, in, in my opinion. Like, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't a clean heist, the actual plan itself. Mm. But the letter kind of made it impossible to make it a clean heist. So. For a moment, I thought there was going to be, um, you know, something here where it was like he had already stolen it and like swapped it out with something fake and just at 10 o'clock, like... I don't know, you click a button and it just like pops, it disappears or something. Like I thought that I thought that could have happened, but clearly, clearly it didn't. It was much simpler than that. Yeah. Well, I guess he really wanted to be literal. He needed it to happen at 10 p.m., right? Yeah. So uh we don't get much from the mother in this episode. In fact, we don't meet Asan's mother, but he does get the letter and she essentially says that Asan's better off without him, but I don't think she's aware that her her ex husband, or maybe her, you know, that maybe they were still married and and just in different countries. That is a thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe she's not aware that he's dead, right? Mm, yeah. And so I, I think that's probably more than likely what's what's happening here. But Babakar, right? I do believe. Yeah, I'll have to double check that one. But we do get introduced to Bruno. Which, like I said earlier in the episode, the episode, this pretty much the story is weaving in his past with his present yeah. and doing that in a pretty cool way. I will say it's a good infomercial for, for France tourism because it looks really nice during Christmas time. This, this whole area with all the Christmas trees lit up and yeah. French architecture is just beautiful in, in general. So. Agreed. Um, I had to visit that. It is Babacar. Yeah, you, were, you are right. I, was, I, I love that we saw him in this, just even though, even though it was this very small little snippet. I liked him from uh, two years ago. <laughs> a little, a little, little flashback. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to the robbery. Let's do it. For some reason, Yusuf uh, Gadira, the guy who is the expert on the, the Lupin series, right? Mm-hmm. He is the one who knows this, like the back of his hand. And this girl, Sophia, really goes to him for everything. But I guess he's not um, powerful enough to be involved in the actual unit because he's just outside with all the supporters wearing their Asan masks and all of that. And um, it be, it grows to, they do like almost like a New Year's countdown when it's to 10 o'clock. Yeah. And uh, he pulls off the heist, which I found kind of crazy, uh, walks out. He's apprehended by Bruno and Benjamin, right? Who are also dressed in these uh, SWAT units. And I will say Benjamin doesn't look imposing enough to be put in one of these. No. Uh, SWAT uniforms. He'd look, he would... <laughs> He would be so scrawny inside of the. He'd be like putting me in sweat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. But do you notice here, like the way I knew it was a sign immediately when his face was covered up, like that? Like I just yeah, knew. Same immediately. I was like, oh, so, he's in the room. All right, yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna yeah. grab it. Okay. Yeah. I love. I loved this this pause when it got to like ten o'clock, and everybody's like, "What? What's happening? What's happening?" And everybody watching the cameras is like, "Ah, we did it! We did it!" And then like one second later, 
the alarms go off and everybody outside freaks out and, and starts cheering. It was hilarious. Well, it makes sense why it couldn't be a clean robbery because he needed a way to tell the people outside that that it was successful. And the only way to do that is to set off the alarm. Yeah. And like even Yusuf is is laughing about it. He's so conflicted because he kind of loves the fact that this is occurring. Yeah. And at the same time is a cop, so he can't really show that outwardly, right? Yeah, he he, but, he does um, like it. I mean, don't don't forget. I mean, he he was taken off of Lupin's case or, or you know Hassan Diop's case because he he did help uh, Hassan back in part I'm, two. I'm sorry, this SWAT team is useless, man. Like, come on, <laughs> man, come on. Yeah, Somebody in the room took it. This is like Among Us. Mm-hmm. Somebody did it in here. <laughs> You know, we, who is it? Why are we pointing our guns upward with yeah, lasers? They're, they're looking around like, what? Wait, what? Come on, man. Did, Come where on. is it? Give me a break. Give me a break. <laughs> but he does get away. They do a flashback to how Bruno uh, took him down on the staircase when he was a kid. And then it's like the same type of visual here where he's taken down. Mm-hmm. He's led outside to the car and we find out that it's it's Bruno and Ben. And apparently he had a a debt to repay with Bruno, which we don't know what that debt is. No idea. But uh, this heist seems to be the way to get back. And I will say Bruno took a pretty big risk here, not wearing any masks or helmets or anything. Huge. I mean, his face is going to be everywhere. It's on like what national television, I would imagine, right? Like everybody, like they could find him. You know, also, if, you know, repaying this debt is just giving Bruno the Black Pearl, man, how the hell are you going to sell that thing? Like, how are you going to get money for it? A fence for that, yeah. It's like um, they they're gonna get gypped for sure on whatever it is. You can't sell. I mean, that would be like selling the Mona Lisa. I'm trying to think of like a national like that'd be like selling the Constitution. Like, how are you gonna sell the Constitution? It's you know? true. Yeah, I mean, it's Somebody, at least the Constitution isn't isn't a gem. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, but it, it'd be worth like. It'd be worth a ton yeah. if it was somebody actually legitimately buying it, which you can't. Um, but to steal it and sell it, the the buyer is taking on tremendous risk too. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things that it's on it's at a major discount regardless. Maybe he'll go talk but, to um, Nicholas Cage and you know see see what to do there for stealing yeah, a national yeah. treasure. <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to rewatch that movie for so long and I haven't, but I I really do want to go rewatch it. Um, Bruno and Benjamin take him out. They get in the car and Asan tells him to, hey, let's meet up at the spot. What throws me off here is that of all times, Asan has decided that he's going to become a parkour uh, I know. specialist. And so, he goes to the rooftops and but I'm assuming it has to do with a plan. I'm assuming that he didn't just jump like, like John Wick falling from the Continental uh, to the street. I but hope so. But it made no sense to me in a way. Mm-mm. So whatever this is, I'm just having to assume, like like Sherlock Holmes or any sort of person who I think has a master plan. I'm assuming that he had, like, there was something to this that he was planning to be seen on the rooftops by the snipers and all of that. You know, because he was in the car and he was getting away. So you could have just kept going. Well, he was also on the ground and he was getting away. There there was no immediate threat. There was no real need for him to go up to the top. And so it was either something that was extremely stupid or yeah, yeah. it was part of a plan. And the only part of the plan that I could understand is maybe it was like, I want a way to tell people that I'm not actually arrested 
right immediately and it's like oh he got away but the whole falling <laughs> it didn't what did it he did fall, not like feel intentional it, man it looked like a I'm like, there's no way he's making that jump, and he tries, and he well, clearly I, doesn't. It looks like well, for, it looks like almost more than four stories. It looks like six stories, but he does like hit like a like one of those cartoons, like he he hits off of like a I don't know an overhang or something. Might have cushioned his fall a bit. Yeah, I mean, he got. I knew the like moment I saw him running, and I already said from the beginning of this episode, he's not an athletic guy. Mm-hmm. Like we saw him try to get away in season one, and the way he got away was pure miracle. That he got away from the hitman in uh, season one when he jumped off the wall and was climbing and r- jumping from roof to roof. But uh, is that the way you would fall, by the way? Like, would you be able to kind of jump that gap? Like, you jump the gap and you hit that thing. And you, did you notice that if you you rewind it, like he hits the overhang of something? Well, and, he, fell, uh, he fell straight down and then it threw him to the other side of the street, right? Like, he hits off one, hits the other one. It just feels like you wouldn't go that far to the other side. I don't know. I mean, it is about four stories. I could see that happening. Uh, it might be a little bit of a stress to go that far. But, you know, the, imagine the, he died right there. Yeah, that would suck. The other thing, though, that makes me think that this was not part of the plan, man, is he's on the ground bleeding out. Did you notice that? Like, like he's got like a lot of blood seeping from underneath him. Of, of course, it could be something fake, but I don't think it is. I think, I think this is potentially Asan getting a little older and becoming a little sloppy. I I don't know. I I, I truly don't know. And the tricky the uh, the absolutely wrenching part of this is that we're not watching the next episode until next Thursday. <laughs> so we don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. Because that's how we're doing it. We're not going to be like, when you listen to these episodes, we're not going to know what's happening on the next one. Mm -hmm. So, if you want to listen to this episode as a, if you want to listen to this podcast as a companion and join us on the journey, you can do that. Or if you just want to have fun and binge it and uh, listen to our pods in between your your watches, feel free to do that too. We're here for, for your personal use. But it is ranking number four in TV shows as of today on Netflix, which is great. But Netflix also just dropped a buttload of content like a crap ton of new content mm. that looks awesome so i gotta dive into there and see all the new things that they added but i saw dune has been added now seems hbo has struck up a deal with netflix because a lot of hbo shows are now on there uh we're seeing stuff like uh the sopranos movie um is now on netflix and then something just dropped today that caught my attention can you go to the top 10 oh the beckham documentary is fantastic yeah i'm on episode one on of there. that uh fair play uh, it's number one. I've been wanting to watch that. That just came out. I watched Casper yesterday. Uh, I rewatched the movie Casper. I guess that's new on Netflix. Hey. But, uh, <laughs> I watched it, it holds but not up. on Netflix. It's, it was fun. It was, it was on TV hold, like, uh, like a day ago. It holds up. What else is on the top 10 here? You got Fair Play, Reptile, American Made. Which one is American Made? That's Tom Cruise. American Made. Does look like Tom Cruise. Yes. He plays. What does he play? A drugs. Oh, I've been wanting to watch that. He plays a drug smuggler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that. But all right, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed Lupin Part Three, Episode One. These episodes don't have titles, so they're just Episode One, Episode Two, or Chapter One, Chapter, chapter Two, one, yeah. Chapter Three, like the books. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. Let us know what you think. Email us at contact at soapbox.house. Comment on the show. Spotify allows you to do so. We're also dropping this on YouTube. Um, and as always. 
Thanks for joining us on this journey. Zach, you're the more polished outro guy. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Lupin by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, yeah. Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We are also on YouTube and Rumble. Rumble. Uh, so links will be to that down below. You can visit a website at soapbox.house. Email us at contact at soapbox.house. And we do have a couple links in the description below in addition to everything I just mentioned. Uh, one to sign up for our quarterly newsletter where we do have our first going out tomorrow. So if you want to get that, get subscribed today. Uh, and then, yeah, the other one is just to fill out a survey that we have open, which will be closing soon as we're just collecting information um, as we build the network. So we want to make sure that we build it with you and, you know, any insight that you can provide does help us. So thank you very much for anybody who has Perfect. filled it out. And last thing, what was I going to say? Oh, we are looking to collaborate with... Um, streamers on the podcast to help you know amplify the show's reach and to and to secure licenses for for certain certain uses and whatnot uh so if anyone out there this may be a shot in the dark but if anyone out there is working for any of the streamers or knows anybody inside of apple or netflix or any streamer we would love to partner up and to discuss that um, we're currently working on a pitch deck to show uh the show's reach and some of the some of the success and metrics that we have to to show, um, pretty much the reach and what a partnership like that could help expand uh, our audience uh, reach potentially too. But um, yeah, anyone out there who has any guidance on that, we're a young startup, so we feel it's kind of cool for you all to join us. Uh, you know, at the beginning and and see like if you we had 150 followers in May and it ballooned like 10x mm-hmm. from there. But uh, we're new to this and growing, so it's interesting, I think, for everyone to kind of see the learning process of how to scale something like this and to grow it to a place where, I mean, we have lots of plans and things we'd like to do, but as of now, we're limited to um, the amount of time that can be committed at the moment. But unless, Zach, do you want to add anything to that? No, I mean, that that about does it. I mean, it would be be awesome to to partner with some people like that, but... um... No, just thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. We greatly appreciate it. It does mean a lot to us. We love doing this. Uh, so we love that you love it. And we love seeing your emails. So if you have uh, any any thoughts about Lupin that you want to share, go ahead and shoot us an email. Or if there's some other shows that you might want us to, to cover, let us know. I'm not saying that we're going to do it, but, you know, we like to know what, what the people want. So well, we got we got a uh, people have been clamoring for severance. Yeah, uh, we're definitely going to do severance season two i don't know when that's releasing but we're definitely if you didn't know we're going to be doing seven season two now you know and um i'm really looking forward to that one but all right let's wrap this up thank you for listening until next time don't fall off a roof